0: We are nothing but a product of our environment. No matter who wants to sit there and try to pretend like they can buck the rules of the environment that they're in, you can't. You're a product of your environment. Your environment is what shapes you. The cool thing about it, though, is that you have the ultimate control over what is in your environment. I think your network is basically everything, man. And at the end of the day, we're all in the people game. Whatever business you're in, you're in the people game. And so you know, the relationships that you have are are the, the most important asset, I think, in your life.
1: The following is brought to you by Thrive, the end-to-end client experience platform that helps you get the job, manage the job, and get credit.
2: Welcome to Winning on Main Street. This is Gordon Henry, and today we're speaking with Travis Chappell, Travis hosts the Build Your Network podcast, a top 25 business podcast dedicated to helping entrepreneurs cultivate genuine relationships, grow their inner circle, and leverage a powerful network the right way. He's also the founder of guestio.com, which is a guest booking marketplace and app. It's kind of like Cameo, but for booking interviews used by anybody who wants to book talent for their podcast or their show. Travis focuses on networking and believes who you know is more important than what you know, and his book is Meet Your Hero, How to Accelerate Your Brand and Business by Connecting with the People You Admire Most. And Travis has even launched a course called the Meet Your Hero Course, M-Y-H, available at meetyourherocourse.com. Welcome, Travis.
0: Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks so much for the awesome intro.
2: Well, I was I was reading about you, and you've done a lot in a short period of time, so there's a lot to say.
0: Yeah, I don't know, you know how many of those things are good things, but uh, <laughs> I've definitely done a lot, that's for sure.
2: That's awesome. Well, why don't we start kind of at the beginning of your journey by briefly telling us a little bit about you know, how you got started and what brought you to this point. And from what I understand, you had somewhat of an unusual youth that led you to this point.
0: Sure. Yeah. So I grew up in a town called Lancaster, Southern California, northern LA County in Southern California. And uh, the unique thing about how I grew up was I for context, graduated kindergarten, eighth grade, high school, college, all on one campus, which is the mm. same campus that I went to church on. So pretty much every day of my life, Sunday through Saturday, because Saturdays we had soul winning, which was basically just knocking on doors and then handing out invitations to come to church on Sunday. So basically every day of my life from the time that I was three, when I started going to church there until the time that I was 21, when I graduated college, I was on that campus. Mm. Um, and so, You know, basically everything about me, my worldview, my life experiences, my perspectives, everything was controlled by uh, the way that that particular place wanted me to view the world. So when I graduated college, I realized I didn't want to be in ministry. And now I had a degree in Bible and church ministries and I had gotten married right before I graduated. So I was married and I had a useless degree. And then like three months later, I bought a house, you know, so now I have a useless degree. I have a mortgage to pay. I have a wife and I don't know what I'm doing to do with my life. And so I just kind of fell into the only thing that I knew how to do at the time, which door-to-door sales. That's what I did in college to like make some extra money. And uh, just went full time with door to door. And first year that I did it turned a six figure income when I was like 22, 23, knocking doors, uh, which was cool. But at the same time, when I looked at 33 year old Travis, I knew that I didn't want to be doing it at that, that point anymore and knew that I had to make an adjustment at, this, at that time because I was like, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do next. And so because I didn't really know what I was going to do, all I knew was that the thing that I was qualified to do that I had experience in, which was door to door, I didn't want to do that. And I knew the thing that I was also qualified in through the degree that I got, which was ministry, I didn't want to do that. So now I'm, you know, like I said, 23, I have a, have a, a mortgage to pay, bills to pay and stuff like that. And um, I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. And so for the first time ever, I dove into personal development and just started consuming as much as I could, reading books, listening to audio, listening to podcasts. And it was the first time I ever discovered podcasts. And after listening to a bunch of them, I was just like, man, this seems like a really cool way to try to make a living. So started my podcast and was off to the races. And uh, now it's been a few years since then. We've done a lot of things along the way, but that's basically how we got started.
2: That's a great story. Well, thanks for sharing that. So you talk a lot about building your network as a, as a personal thing, build your network and, and helping that in your business career. Talk about why is building your network so important and, and, and what are some of the keys to how you recommend doing that?
0: Yeah, I mean, your network is everything, man. It's, um, you know, you, everybody hears the phrase, your network is your net worth. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Uh, but when you really do some reflecting on the person that you are, the person you become, the activities you do on a daily basis, the amount of money that you want to make everything is really determined by your network. We are nothing but a product of our environment, no matter who wants to sit there and try to pretend like they can buck the rules of the environment that they're in, you can't. You're a product of your environment. Your environment is what shapes you. The cool thing about it though, is that you have the ultimate control over what is in your environment, which basically means you have control over who you become, the type of income that you make, or where you end up in life, because you can put yourself in a different environment that will shape you into the person that you want to become. Mm. And so I kind of started to realize that early on and, and figured out, man, like this thing is pretty important, especially when I'm in this situation where like, I don't really know what I want to do with the rest of my life. Like I should probably go get around people who live lives that I want to emulate in some fashion or form, whether it's because they have great relationships with their family or they have a lot of money or they travel a lot, like whatever the values are, the things that I hold dear in this life, you know, like I need to go find people that are killing it in those things and see what their life looks like and how they got to where they are and see if I'm willing to put in the same amount of work and effort to get to the point where they are in life um, and then adjust my goals accordingly so i think your network is basically everything man and at the end of the day all we really have is the relationships in our life anyway you know what i mean so um, you know we're all in the people game whatever business you're in you're in the people game and so you know the relationships that you have are are the, the most important asset i think in your life so that's the first thing the second question about how to do it the right way um, man that's a that's a that's a whole that's a that's whole a
2: book. podcast by itself <laughs> um,
0: but ultimately i think it's basically built on you know the opposite principles of what traditional networking scenarios wow. would be built on, um, which would be traditional networking scenarios are for short-term transactions, right? They're very transactional. They're not relational They're, I go to this networking event. I expect that I will get, X amount of clients from this time that I spent at this networking event. If I do not get these clients, then it was a waste of time and a failure of a networking event. That's mm-hmm. the traditional type of mentality around it. So I think doing it the right way, you got to switch your mindset from short-term to long-term. You got to switch your mindset from taking to giving. You got to switch your mindset from talking to listening. And like, mean, those are just a few things. And and we keep going down that, that rabbit hole. If you, if you want to keep going down that, that, uh, that, you know, line of thinking, but um, ultimately it's about changing the mindset about the way that you view networking because networking shouldn't be viewed as an in-person cold calling opportunity to close business in. Networking is basically the same thing as building, just like you would build a friendship with a, a, a person that you met at the bar playing a game of pool or something. It's the same thing in a networking scenario. The difference is that in the networking scenario, you probably know that you already have something in common with the other person right? Like you're at a small business convention. So you probably know that that person is also interested in small business or has a small business where they probably wouldn't be here, which allows you to be able to build a relationship that's a little bit more accelerated and a little bit more directed and focused to make sure that you're spending your time with people that are actually going to be pushing you in the right direction rather than some Joe Schmo that you met at the bar, but it's still a relationship. It's not an in-person cold calling opportunity.
2: Right. That makes a lot of sense. uh, Not being transactional, thinking about it, more as a long-term investment and building relationships the way you would with normal people you meet. Um, that all makes sense. But I'm trying to think about maybe you can tell us how do I as a small business owner put your thoughts there into action. So I have my normal day. I you know work. I have a couple of jobs. I do maybe at people's houses. Uh, maybe I you know have a opportunity to meet somebody at you know some kind of networking event or or lunch or something. What changes in my day-to-day life do I need to make? How do I start to mine those long-term opportunities you're talking about?
0: Um, I'm going to get super practical here mm-hmm. and use a glaring example for your audience about yeah. what we are doing right now. Right, Gordon, how did we get this interview on the books? How did you hear about me? How did, how did we get in contact?
2: Uh, I have a team of people, small team, uh, who look for people who are doing interesting things in the small business world or ways that are related to small business. And one of, one of our folks reached out to you.
0: Great. So did you have any context or information about me prior to your team reaching out and booking this conversation?
2: We did do some reading and background on, on you to make sure that you were relevant for the folks who were going to be listening. Yeah.
0: Sure. So now you and I, who've never had any previous conversations, we haven't ever talked before this interview. Mm -hmm. Now you and I are on a phone call on a zoom call, looking at each Mm -hmm. other face to face, talking about things that are mutual interests of ours, and then getting to know each other more, getting to know what each other do, getting to know each other's stories. Like this is to me the ultimate form and the most insane practical Mm -hmm. advice I can give to anybody listening. Start a podcast, (laughs) <laughs> by far, like I, I have a podcast on networking, like we're at, we're at 600 episodes now of the show. We've done a ton of this stuff, all about how to build relationships. The number one thing that I've done for my network is having a podcast by far. So if you want some practical advice on how a small business owner can go, um, schedule time in their week to deliberately connect with high level people that can push them to be better versions of themselves, start a podcast immediately and interview those people.
2: Okay. Um, Interesting. I wasn't expecting you to say that. So if I'm a dentist, a plumber, uh, a kitchen remodeler, an electrician, uh, you would recommend starting a podcast to talk to people in the field. What about meeting customers? How about most of those, most of those small businesses want to meet customers or patients?
0: Sure. So get a little creative with it, build out your ideal customer profile and figure out how you can create content with those people. The only reason that I always use content as a way to like, I'm, I'm really big on this phrase. I don't know. I don't see a lot of people using it. I don't know if I coined the term or anything, but mm-hmm. I, I call it content networking, using content as a way to get your foot in the door with people that normally wouldn't give you the time of day. So, whoever your ideal customer is, whoever your ideal client is, figure out a way to create content in a way that gets them to be involved in your community. And then create that content, whether it's on a podcast, you know, I like podcasting because I think it's the easiest one in terms of like getting people to say yes and getting them on a call. Like we're both sitting in our respective offices on, you know, different parts of the world, um, having this conversation, you know what I mean? So it, there's no, there doesn't require in-person things. It doesn't require a ton of video setup Like you might require for something like YouTube. I think podcasts is just a simple way to do it. But, you know, if you're a local business trying to get more local customers, then start a meetup group. Mm. Even something like that, like start something where you're the host Mm. of the platform. You know, build some sort of a platform, a podcast, a YouTube channel, an Instagram, a TikTok, a, a live event, a monthly meetup, something where you're adding value outside of the context of the main product or service that you offer. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you're doing it right now, Gordon. You 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 guys have a you guys have a small business software. Mm-hmm. So you're creating content for small businesses because these are the types of people that would benefit the most from the software that you have. You get to learn from them just like they get to learn from you right? Like they're learning from you all these tips and tricks. You're learning from them on how you can improve your software and help them solve their problems better. You know what I mean? Like the, the content networking angle is still a really good angle to use. Regardless, even if you're a service-based business and you're dealing with regular Joe Schmo customer, figure out a way that you can get him involved or her involved in your content process, because that's going to ultimately keep you top of mind and help you to build awareness around the products or services that you provide for your local
2: you know community. Right. So Travis, I think what I hear you saying is as a small business person, you want your potential customers to see you outside of just selling. You wanna have them see you as an expert. So that could mean blogging. It could mean podcasting. It could mean writing or authoring articles. It could mean speaking at a local chamber of commerce. It could mean getting up on stage at an industry conference even. Um, Get people to see you as a thought leader, uh, as an advocate, Mm -hmm. as a business builder, as a human. Um and not just somebody who's trying to sell them something. Is that kind of where you're going?
0: Yep. Yep. One hundred percent. And and it's like I said, you're 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 more likely to get somebody on a call for a piece of content than you are to sell them something. Like if they mm-hmm. know it's a sales call, like you know what I mean. Like your ability to get them to show up is a little bit easier when there's no ask. The ask is let me highlight you to my community, not. Hey, I think we have a product or service that could really benefit you. Let's jump on a call about it. Right? You know what I mean? Like it's it's that's why I I tell people it's not sales, it's not lead gen, it's business development.
2: Mm-hmm. Your
0: podcast should be your number one business development rep on your team. Like right. it should be its own little entity, its own little employee that's always trying to go out and get you more business over the long term. Like I said, it shouldn't replace your lead gen activities. It shouldn't replace your sales activities. It's not meant for that. It's meant for building the relationships, the people you want to build relationships with the most. And a lot of times that's not even going to be your customer base, right? If you're a local plumber or something like that, maybe it'd be better for you to uh, get people on your show that are suppliers of water purifiers because you want to add that revenue stream into your business. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that like the, there's there's different ways to think about it in terms of in terms of what benefits it could bring your business rather than just looking at it as a customer acquisition strategy. You know what I mean? So there, there's there's multiple multiple ways to to cut it. But at the end of the day, the big thing is like start creating something because it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna always do more for you in the long run than it will take away from
2: you in the long run. Right. And I guess some of this is because we, most, most of us as customers are less and less susceptible to sort of traditional either cold calling or marketing efforts, right? They say that uh, totally. those sort of traditional marketing efforts, while they still work, they don't work as well as they used to. And it's more about putting the customer in charge of finding the solutions they're looking for, right? Everybody, nobody exactly. wants to be sold, but everybody likes to buy things, right? So how does that happen?
0: That, that was exactly the phrase that I was about to say um, yeah. was was that exact thing is that nobody wants to be sold, but everybody wants to buy. Um, so you just need to be top of mind. If you're top mm-hmm. of mind in those customers' minds, then you're going to be the person that they come to when they are really having that problem. You know, So that, that's why, again, that's why I call it business development, because you have to be okay with the fact that you might be getting in front of people who aren't going to do business with you in the next six months. But month seven you know, they have a pipe burst and guess which plumber they're calling the one that that just interviewed them on their podcast six months ago. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, if, if I were, if I were a plumber, if I had a, if I had a service business in a local area. Um, I would be talking to all of my best potential referral partners on my podcast and interviewing them. Like I would be talking to all of the top real estate agents in the area, all of the top mortgage brokers in the area, all of the, you know, the top solar companies, the top alarm companies, like all of the other service-based businesses, I would be having as many of the owners and, and, and movers and shakers in those businesses on my podcast as possible so that I'm the person that they think of so that I'm the referral partner that they choose when, when they're doing it. And by the way, you never do it with the expectation that they're going to use you because Mm -hmm. that's a whole can of worms that you're going to open. You have to do it in an altruistic way that just is like, look, I'm giving back to the community. I'm having genuine conversations If they choose to use somebody else. That's okay. That's on them. This is a relationship. It doesn't have, they don't have to work with me in order for me to be friends with them. Um, But, I challenge you to do that for five years and let me know how it affects your business in the long run. Like, you know, like for, for instance, we're, we're, we're doing something tomorrow for the first time and it's, we're putting together a Build Your network guest dinner. Mm-hmm. If, if I were a local business, I would 100% be doing this interview, all those people. And then once a quarter put on a private dinner for all of the owners of those service-based businesses in the area and bringing a speaker to talk about how to grow your business. And now you have a little private dinner that's high level with a bunch of other owners of the similar businesses in your space that can be potential referral partners or business development relationships for you and your business. You're adding a ton of value to all of them by bringing them all together in one room and helping them all to learn and grow and build their businesses together. Like we're, like we're in more of an age of collaboration rather than competition. And so like you can either keep everything close to the vest and never give anybody anything and, and never share anything with anybody because you're afraid that they're going to take market share away from you or you can be open about it bring in as many people as you can and increase the total market cap in your area together as a whole as a community Mm -hmm. and that's a lot more fun a lot more fun way to go about doing it than to worry about like well that person's in a competitive space to me so you know screw them i'm not going to give them anything um it's like no if we're all helping each other out like we're all going to grow together and we're all going to increase demand in this area together for these services that we offer because we're all growing it together you know what i mean yeah so that's kind of my thoughts on that
2: fascinating stuff we're going to be right back in just a minute with more from travis Chapel.
1: this episode of winning on main street is brought to you by thrive the end-to-end client experience platform that includes everything small business owners need to meet their customers expectations thrives award-winning and fully mobile interface delivers technology previously reserved for big business to the fingertips of small business owners nationwide Thrive's built specifically for small business, but there's nothing small about what it can do. Thrive handles your entire customer experience, helping business owners reach more customers, stay organized, get paid faster, and generate online reviews, all from a single device or screen. To learn more about Thrive, visit winningonmainstreet.com and click on Get a Demo. When it comes to software to run your business, there's no comparison. Check out Thrive today.
2: And we're back with Travis Chappell and fascinating conversation about how small businesses can use content creation and specifically podcasting to generate marketing activity and find new customers for life as well as uh, partners. And everything Travis has just talked about in terms of how you might rethink your marketing approach. Travis, you've got a course called Meet Your Hero. Can you tell us what Meet Your Hero is all about?
0: Yeah, sure. So when I started my podcast, I made it my goal to try to go get the best possible guests that I could interview on my show. And that guest list just kind of started to build and build and build and grow on itself. And that became kind of the thing that other people in the space were asking me about the most was, how are we able to interview that person? How did you get that person to say, yes, we've been trying to reach out to this person for a year and a half. And like, how are you able to get in touch with them? And so we put together a meet your hero, uh, as an answer to that question, how to connect with people that are difficult to connect with, um, essentially. And so we put out, um, a a book on it, put out a course on it and just to help people connect with those that were in difficult places and and people that are, have a lot of demands on their time that everybody wants to connect with. How do you be the one that differentiate yourself and actually get in touch with that person? Um, so that's kind of what Meet your hero was all about and where it came from.
2: Got it. And meet your hero, I assume it's about more than just, you know, I want to meet some famous person. It's about how I can connect with them and then turn that into a relationship that'll be mutually beneficial, whether it's business or something else. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Got it. Got it. Talk about your clients, Travis, who, who are your clients and how have you helped them?
0: So we help entrepreneurs build profitable podcasts. Uh, so we take people who, have a business and probably a pretty solid business. You know, you're doing you know at least multiple six figures, maybe seven figures, eight figures. Um, but nobody knows who you are, and you want to kind of step into that and start building more of a brand and more of an online presence. Um, and so, you know, we help a lot of people in variety of industries in the coaching space, consulting space, real estate space. We've helped a lot of different small businesses out uh, building their podcasts. And our goal is really just to help help you achieve success in the podcasting space for whatever that means for you. If it's getting more clients for your existing business, great. If it's helping you build a side income Uh, that has to do with more sharing your knowledge, right, then that would be also. So like, for instance, to take that same plumber thought that we were going on earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you're a plumber and you're like, hey, I would like to have a different income stream other than just my plumbing business. You know, I built this to to multiple seven figures at this point. We're the largest plumber in town. Um, But but I would rather, you know, start shifting a little bit more into teaching other people how I was able to do this. Okay, great. So we're going to help you build a show about how to become a successful plumber. how to build out your plumbing business. And we're gonna, we're gonna uh, build this show along that side. So you could start building a community of audience members that are all plumbers that are struggling to get past that six figure mark or struggling to get from six figures to seven figures. And you're gonna create these programs. We're gonna help you build out this whole other side business that you can sell your knowledge to other people within your same space because you've seen to have figured it out already. Um, so like that, that's what I mean, but we, we kind of take it case by case and help out people individually on, hey, what's your goal? with this? And how do we get you there? But ultimately it's all by using a podcast
2: in some way, whether it's for the business
0: development side or for audience growth side or for personal branding and awareness side, um, whatever it might be.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting angle. I've talked about on this show before with some of our prior guests, this idea of transparency in small business that a lot of your customers want to see what you do. Uh, a lot of you know, I could say, speaking it as a, as a guy who owns a home, you know, I'm interested in plumbing and 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 how all the pipes fit together and how you fix things. Uh, so I would be interested in hearing from a local expert who could talk about those things. And that's the same for you know many people who either have hobbies or interests in you know things that that somebody could share. So uh, I could see how that might be uh, that might be interesting. It's a real interesting angle. So you also have another business. You, it's called Guestio, and Guestio is something you launched, which uh, I guess is a uh, marketplace. It's an app, it's a marketplace for helping podcasters book guests and guests to find places to appear. Is that right? Can you tell us, how'd you come up with that idea?
0: Yeah. So this actually goes really well with the last, uh, or a couple questions ago, which it was basically built off of the back of Meet Your Hero, uh, because people kept asking about how to book really good guests on your show. And we provided Meet Your Hero. We did a couple of other trainings on it, but the bottom line is it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of persistence it takes a lot of reaching out it takes a lot of creativity like finding back doors and getting introductions and getting around gatekeepers that are blocking your path there's a lot of different things that that really go into that and so ultimately people either don't want to spend their time doing that or literally don't have the time to do it uh, and and so what we wanted to do was be able to help people have a solution to that problem without having to spend six months reaching out to one person before they finally say yes. And so we went to work building Guestio, which is like Cameo, but instead of booking a 30-second happy birthday shout out, you're buying a 30-minute interview with somebody that you can actually publish on your content channel to increase your credibility, increase your authority, increase your traffic, and ultimately have a better quality show with good guests who are performing well in your interviews. Right. So uh, we we got to work building that platform in July, June or July of 2020 and uh, released version one in October and have been raising capital in our seed round. And now going into the summer, we'll be doing more of like a hard launch um, here in in June or July uh, once we have the mobile application done and some of those other things uh, finished up.
2: So you're really trying to provide all the tools and techniques that folks need to either build their own podcast or become guests on other people's podcasts. Guestio, I guess, is, is a piece of that. And so, is things like, or so are things like Meet Your Hero. In terms of once somebody launches a podcast, so people may be thinking as they're listening to this and saying, hey, this sounds pretty cool. I might want to try something like that. What do they have to do or at least think about in terms of getting an audience? Do you? I know we can't go through it all today on this show, but Do you provide tips and techniques about how to sort of market their show or get their show heard or develop an audience? Do you you talk about those things?
0: yeah inside of our like academy and some of our training programs and our course material uh, that we do, yeah, we talk a lot about growth and and how to do it because podcasting is one of those just difficult content channels to grow on. Uh, it's amazing for a lot of other things. The worst thing about it is discoverability. It's not a great search engine, you know mm-hmm. uh, so it, it's just you're you're not gonna have those like one off popping off episodes. You know, like you do on other platforms like YouTube or TikTok or something like that. You're not going to have that on podcasts. Uh, It's going to be slow and steady wins the race, but there are some things that you can do to get in front of other people. So if you have a budget um, or if you have some time, then the best way to grow your show is by getting on shows. Either as a guest or by buying ad spots on those shows, all within your space. Because the bottom line is, you have to think, how can I reach podcast listeners the most? And the only way that you know for sure that somebody is a podcast listener is if you reach them on a podcast, because that's where podcast listeners hang out. You know what I mean? So uh, podcast listeners listen to podcasts, that's what they do. Uh, And you don't know if a Google user is a podcast listener, we don't have that data yet. Uh, you don't know if a Facebook user is a, is a podcast listener. So you could spend money on Facebook ads and Google ads till you're blue in the face. But at the end of the day, you know, you don't know if that person even listens to podcasts. So if you've put your message in front of the right person who would fit your audience, but they don't know how to listen to podcasts, like now your job just became 10 times more difficult because not only do you have to convince them to listen to your podcast, but you have to train them on how to find podcasts on their phone and what that even is. And how do you listen to it? The most effective way we've found to grow audiences by getting on podcasts in front of people who already listen to them.
2: All right. Great. You also run uh, something called a mastermind group. I don't know if everybody's heard of mastermind group, but just for those who maybe haven't even heard of mastermind, what is it and why do you do that?
0: Sure. So I uh, would define a mastermind as a group of like-minded individuals that meet regularly uh, to, for the purpose of connection, growth, uh, idea sharing and, uh, really mental health and not being alone in the journey. Hmm. Um, so obviously loose definition, but my, my whole point is basically like, it's a group of people that you get together and you have on purpose meetings and it's for the purpose of continuing to grow and learn about how to build whatever it is that you're working on, whatever it is that you're building. So I'm in masterminds and I host my own masterminds because I'm a product of them. I joined a couple and they were life-changing for me. They connected me to people that I never thought I could be connected to. I'm friends with a lot of those people. I'm business partners with a lot of those people now uh, that I never would have thought I would have been able to get access to. So uh, I'm, I'm just a big believer in them, which is why I'm in them and I run them. Uh, and so it, it, to me, it gives you access and it, ge- and it saves you time. And to me, to me time is the, that, that's the game right? Is, is how can I, how can I cut the learning curve down? How can I shrink my runway? How can I, how can I get this accomplished in a little bit of a faster timeline? Like it's always one of those, like, you know, you have to build for the long term, but you do it with urgency. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, I want to do this quickly, but I'm, but the decisions that I'm making are long-term decisions, if that makes sense. I know it's kind of a dichotomy, but uh, but that's kind of how I look at it and to me masterminds help me shortcut that learning curve they help right. me they help me save time and to me time is the ultimate asset you know money can be made back that's why a lot of times I'm okay with exchanging money for a mastermind and paying for these masterminds because if I know it's going to help me you know I'm in a mastermind right now that cost me 100k to be in and that was a big decision for me to make uh, especially at the time that I made it and it was a huge risk for me but at the end of the day I was just like, you know what? I have such huge goals and dreams for where I'm trying to go. 100K, I can make that back. That's not, in the grand scheme of life, 100K is not that much money. Mm -hmm. In the grand scheme of the goals and things that I want to accomplish, it's not that much money. But Mm -hmm. if it can help me shave three years, five years, 10 years off of my learning curve and off of where I'm going to end up in the future, then That's worth a hundred K all day long, because imagine how much money you can generate in a five year period of time. If you saved that much by jumping into a group like that. Now, obviously there's limits there and you don't want to be frivolous in your spending on groups like that, because you can definitely waste money and not all of them are good. But yeah, for me, it's more like, Hey, if I can shortcut the learning process and I know, and I trust the people who are running this to deliver on the promises that they have, then ultimately I think it's going to be a good decision for me. And so I run my own masterminds because I'm a product of, of being in a lot of really good ones.
2: Right. Got it. We just have a couple minutes left, but I did want to just turn to the personal side of Travis Chappell and ask you a, a kind of a personal question. It's, it's something I like to ask all my guests who are you know successful people in their fields, which is what are your habits for success? It's just on a personal level. Do you wake up super early? Do you stay up late? Uh, do you have a workout routine? What are, do you have any tips or habits that you have found have worked for you that maybe you want to pass on to other people?
0: Yeah, physical health is definitely one of those things. I I I do wake up really early. uh, That's fairly recent in my life. I'm I've always been a late riser. Like if you would have told five years ago me that I'd be getting up at four a.m. every day, I'd laugh in your face. Mm. Um, But that's just the reality of how things are now. Honestly, it was because we had uh, we had kids and uh, uh, that threw a wrench in the works. You know what (laughs) I mean? It's just like well. Man, I, I I have fewer hours in the day now, but I still have to get all the things that I need to get, get done done. And so it just became impossible to get everything done. So yeah, it's almost been a year now since I've been getting up at 4 a.m. Uh, wow. After we had our, our I, I knew our, our daughter was coming and I knew that I was gonna r- throw a wrench in the works because our son is two, our daughter's five months. Mm. And so before my daughter came, probably like three or four months before my daughter came, I started getting up at, at 4 a.m. just to kind of prepare for that. And so that is a, a huge part now for me is I, I'm up at four. And I'm to the gym by five. I try to get to the gym at like 430 to 440. And then I try to journal in the car before I go into the gym. I don't like to do it at home because I'd be too tempted to lay back down on the couch or something like that (laughs) if I was trying to journal at at the house. So um, I usually bring a book with me and a journal with me to the gym and then sit down in my car, read a few pages, um, journal for the day, write down my like things that have to absolutely get done before I'm done working that day. My, you know, the three things that I need to get done the most and then go work out at five Come back home. My wife leaves to the gym as soon as I get back home, and hmm. then, um, and then it's my t- it's my turn to watch the kids for a little for a little bit. So I spend some time uh, spend some time with them, and then the nanny gets there at nine, which is around when my wife gets back from the gym. And so um, right around that time, we both kind of bug out either to the home office or to a local coffee shop and, and get some work done. So, uh, but yeah, I I had to start getting up that early to to, to make sure I can get my gym time in because it, it's just if I skip that if I if I get up at six. Then all of a sudden my son's up and then yep. and then my daughter's up and then, yeah. you know, by, and then it's nine and then I'm working and then I don't want to go to the gym at 9 PM right. after I put the kids down yeah. and I'm a lot less likely to do it because of how tired I am by that point. So if I don't get up before, I know I'm not going to go to the gym and I know how important it is for my sanity, my mental health, my physical health to be at the gym. So yeah, all the, that's, it's a huge part of my, of my, uh, of my habits and my daily routine.
2: Well, thank you for that. That's that's a you painted a great mental picture of your day there. So I think I I think I got it. Uh, and congrats on on the two year old and the five month old. That's 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 awesome. Thank man. you. Yeah. And having had three kids myself who are now grown. Well, I know it's a lot of work and a lot of stress and so forth, it's also probably the greatest thing you'll ever do. So congrats on that.
0: Well, I, uh, it's, it's good to hear, you know, cause sometimes you doubt it
2: <laughs> yeah. when
0: you're, when you're in the thick of it. Uh, but we, you know, kind of knew that going in, especially those first six months after we had our daughter, we are like, these first six months are going to be difficult. Cause he was, he, he's just so rambunctious and stuff now, you know, 18, 19 months and when, when she was born. So we knew like oh, having a newborn and then how rambunctious he is right now, it's going to wear a hat. We're going to have our hands full for, for, you know for quite a while so
2: but uh, you know like like you said it's it's a great uh, it thing does. and 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 I'll tell you what, one line that somebody once told me that stuck with me um the days are long but the years are short um, mm. but, you know, the, 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 days sort of sometimes seem, they go forever, but one day you wake up and they're 18 years old and going off to college or something. And you're like, where'd that go? So, uh, yeah.
0: I already feel that way. Cause we just <laughs> celebrated my son's two-year-old birthday, like last week. Yeah. Uh, so I already was like, wait, you <laughs> how did that happen? Like, you know, so I, I already feel that way and he's only two, so I can't imagine how I'm going to feel later, but I appreciate yeah. it.
2: Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Travis, thanks for joining us. This has been great. Uh, r- really interesting subject and uh, we appreciate your time.
0: Yes, sir. Thanks so much for having me, Gordon. Appreciate it.
2: And thank you for joining us. And if you like today's podcast, please give us a five-star review and tell a friend or a colleague to subscribe until next time, make it a great week.